Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoya, and my good friend, Nick Ferguson. Nick, um, I have, <laughs> I've, I've, I'm, a, I'm at a loss for words, Nick. Um, Broncos lose another one. Uh, this time, in, in uh, it's a it's a different uh, loss, uh, 23 to 10 to the Panthers. Uh, worst loss of the season in terms of um, uh, deficit, obviously 13. That's the most they've lost by. All season and really, they, I mean, they were down twenty there in the fourth. If it weren't for a, you know a late score there uh, from Russell Wilson, his three hundredth career touchdown pass, but nobody's nobody's talking about that, Nick. Um, but I, I, I just want to get your your quick reaction to the game, and then we'll dive into obviously the the biggest story of the game, the interaction between Russell Wilson and Mike Purcell. Well, George, I feel the same way that you feel. It's almost like. Uh putting the audio record on repeat when we watch these Broncos actually play. And uh, when we did our breakdown last week, I actually looked at the Broncos as saying, okay, well, this is the game, not just the fact that they need to win, that they were going to win. When I look at uh, the coaching staff, when I compared the quarterbacks and I just look up and down this roster, but once again, you still have to go out there and you have to execute and you have to play the game. And that's not something that happened on either side of the ball for the Denver Broncos. So it was rather disappointing to watch them go lose a road game to a team that's having uh, so much, uh, I guess, more uh, in a turmoil than the Broncos themselves, especially looking at the quarterback situation. And how crazy is it? Sam Donald, who's uh, been written off and uh, seemed to be put on, uh, I guess, a deserted island down there in Carolina. He comes in, he gets the W over the Broncos. So that's the thing that makes it more disappointing. Yeah, it was um... – Look, the, the reality is the Broncos, they might be the worst team in the NFL right now. They, I mean, they have an argument for it. Uh, they're up there with the Texans uh, who are who are also a disaster because coming into this game, Nick, I thought the Panthers were a really bad football team, and I still think the Panthers are not a great football team. They did some things, you know, yesterday that were, you know, nice plays or whatever, but uh, the, I just can't believe that the Broncos are not talented enough to beat that team so it's just it's they're they're spiraling right now Nick uh and I think that we're seeing the the frustration really start to boil over uh and and that's brings me to the next point which is the interaction between um uh, Mike Purcell and Russell Wilson there in the fourth quarter I think it was after uh Purcell got a um unsportsmanlike conduct uh on I want to say a field goal try maybe um came over to the sideline. It looked like like maybe like he was walking Nick uh to the sideline and then Russell maybe said something and I don't I mean we don't really know. Uh and then Mike just turns and lets Russell have it after the game. Russell Wilson explained it. We have the audio here. I, I want to hear that first Nick uh before we dive into what we think happened and 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 kind of our reaction. But here's Russell Wilson on broncos.com talking about the interaction he had with Mike Purcell. No, Mike and I are on the same page. You know, he um, he came off uh, you know, after they I think they kicked the field goal, and he did, he was he was pissed off. He just said, "We got we got to f and go," you know, and uh, I, I agree. <laughs> you know, so me and him are on the same page. We you know, we're, there's no uh, there's no uh, animosity there at all. We, we're on the same page. We we, we got to win. 
You know, we got to come out here and have some uh, some some grit to us, some mentality to us. We got to be able to win these you know these 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 football games, and um, you know, so those guys are out there battling every play. You know, in offense, we got to be able to capitalize, and so um, so yeah, no, there, there's nothing there at all. I mean, we, me and him, there's, there was no uh, you know nothing there. Nick, uh, what what was your thoughts on? Uh, the interaction when it first happened, and then w- when you hear Russell talk about uh, what happened, what's your thoughts on that? Well, upon seeing it for the first time on live television, I didn't really think anything of it. And the reason I didn't, George, because I- I've been in that situation uh, far too many times uh, on the sideline, in the locker room. I- I've seen some things that will probably frustrate fans and cause them to do the same thing that they're doing with this situation, overblowing it. But you know, all you have to do is look within your own family. You're going to have disputes. And just think about it. We just can't, we're coming off the Thanksgiving uh, holiday. So I'm sure there was a lot of families that got together that may have, you know, a situation internally with the family, but they still learn to coexist as a group. So because I've seen this before, I'm not up in arms about it. I've seen it happen before on the teams I, I was with. I mean, I was involved with the play with Randy Moss you know, pitch the ball over the shoulder, running back runs in right before the halftime to uh, get an extra touchdown. And and inside the locker room, there were co- there were players, you know, talking about other players, and there was coaches yelling at other coaches. But once again, we went out there and we still played the ball game and the season went on. So this is not as big as a deal as most people are making it. It is in their eyes because you had an offensive guy and a defensive guy having a conversation. The head coach is standing right there. And, oh, by the way, the Broncos are definitely struggling. So the narrative is, hey, Russell Wilson can't lead, and things are spilling over as far as the frustration is concerned, and the defense has had enough. I know when you're on that sideline and you're in that locker room and things are not going your way, that frustration does come out. But you have to understand where that's coming from. Both guys are competitive, but I also have you – to uh, pay attention to this. Whatever Parcells said to Parcells said to Russell, Russell didn't bark back at him. There were other uh, instances in NFL history where we've seen two players actually go at it. I mean, the Washington uh, football team had two players to actually get in fisticuffs on the sideline during a game. So these things uh, definitely happen, but they are definitely part of the game, but they're only glorified and magnified because the Broncos are struggling. What say you? Here's my take on it, Nick. Um, one, I, I think people have obviously blown it out of proportion. I think that people like to pile on Russell any t- any chance they get, so they see a guy get mad at him, and they immediately say, well, the defense is mad at Russell Wilson. I don't think the defense is mad at Russell Wilson. I think they're frustrated, right? I, I, think, there's, I, I think everyone's frustrated on that sideline, and Purcell – just snapped, right? Like, we don't know what Russell said. I'm sure it was very much like, hey, let's go where, you know, where we're in this, whatever. And he could have said anything. He could have said, Mike, you're my best friend in the world. And Mike would have turned around and just, I think he was just on a breaking point, right? And the reality is, this is a competitive sport, man. And you want players, in my opinion, like Mike Purcell, who are just going to get fired up every once in a while. And you want guys like Russell Wilson, who I... I don't know. This has some, been somewhat lost in the conversation. 
the Broncos went down and scored right after that happened. So I'm not saying Mike Purcell should just start yelling at everybody, but hey, maybe it got him, you know, going in the right direction a little bit. Maybe got him a little bit more fired up. But my, the thing is, is yes, you know, do you want people yelling at each other all the time, fighting on the sideline? No. But I, I don't think – I didn't really have a problem with it, Nick. But I do think people are frustrated in the building, right? Like the defense has to be frustrated with the way things have been going. But the offense is frustrated too. It's just – I think it's a different type of frustration if that makes sense. So I don't think – look, people are are, are mad and, and – or not mad, but like piling on Russell and saying, you know, his teammates hate him. I don't really buy that, right? Like I, I don't buy that at all. Uh, but I do think that there is a level of frustration that that reached maybe a new height on Sunday, uh, and I, I don't know, Nick. It, it's it's tough because I, I think that Purcell had every right to to get angry, uh, and I, I think that Russell is is telling the truth in the sense that there is no animosity there. But I think it's I, I think it's okay to say both things are true. There's no animosity there between the two guys, but there is some frustration level, and I, I think that there's frustration level across the board on this team. Well, George, I'll say this. Uh, usually that type of spark of energy, you definitely want on your team. But you have to set that tempo at the beginning of the game. When I play and I talk to guys on defense, it was like, yo, which one of us guys, you know, are going to be the tone setter for this game? Now, does that mean that there might be a, an ensuing uh, penalty? Probably because, I mean, it involved physical play. So you have to set the tone at the very beginning. And think about, once again, what we saw. Purcell was just coming off the field after a shoving match on a field goal attempt by Carolina. He was flagged, right? Think about it. He was flagged. And when you think about the issues that have been plaguing this team, I put it in this acronym. It is pressure, execution, penalties, and scheme. I call it PEEPs. Our PEEPs. Their PEEPs are not performing. And he and Mike Purcell added to that, right? When you are a struggling team, you can't afford to get any kind of frivolous penalties. He just got one. He was upset. He's coming off the field. And knowing Russ, he probably said what you said. Hey, man, come on. We're still in this game. Let's go. And at that point, the highest of festivity, as we like to call it, Mike Purcell didn't want to hear that. Right. He was pissed off. He was flagged. Some guy shoved him. And oh, by the way, the team wasn't playing well. And that's kind of a problem that has plagued this team. So Mike Purcell only added to the existing issues with the team, creating a penalty that was not necessary, which once again, fired him up. And like you said, all you have to say, you could have said, man, it's a good day, isn't it? And then it would have set him off. So once again, Every man in that locker room has to look at themselves and ask the question, are you doing what's necessary to help this team win or are you hurting them? Because there's a lot of frustration to go around on that offensive side of the ball. And I can tell you this, Russell is an only issue. And maybe some of those players, maybe they are frustrated with Russell. They're probably frustrated with the offensive line, their lack of production. They're probably upset with the coaches and the play calling, right? But it all came out in that one particular moment. But because I played this game, I know that's par for the course. I was going to ask, Nick, I, I was interested when it happened. I wanted to get your perspective. Have you ever had an interaction like that on the sideline? Yeah, I've had, I've had, I've had one on the field, right? We're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. I've already had like 60 yards and penalties myself. 
Mike Shanahan is looking at me like, Nick, what the heck is going on? Al Wilson is just yelling at me, right? The crowd is silent. I'm dog tired because guess what? Our offense is struggling and they can't get off the field. So that means that we are spending more time on the field and Kansas City's moving the ball up and down the field. So I'm exhausted. I got to take my mouthpiece out. He's yelling and screaming at me, right? And I, I throw my mouthpiece because I'm just that exhausted. But I didn't get mad at, at Al for doing his job. He was frustrated just like I was frustrated. Then I had to get it in gear. Another case, Darren Williams. I saw Darren Williams in his rookie year yell at uh, Carl Pema saying, hey, you're not doing your job. Get him out of the game because Carl Pema had like maybe two uh, penalties, pass interference penalties on him that extended the drive. So it happened. Did that mean that we were no, we were not teammates or friends anymore? No, that is the competitive drive that every single player should possess. The only problem with the, with the situation and the optics is Russell didn't yell back at Mike Purcell. We've all seen the video, Jeff Saturday and Peyton Manning yelling at one another. Peyton's yelling at, at Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday didn't back down. He didn't care who Peyton Manning was. He was still barking at him. These things happen. Those two players had to coexist. They moved on. So this is just something that's troubling the team because, once again, they're struggling. If they were winning, guess what people would, would, would say? Man, that, that fiery team, they're just energetic. That spark that's helped them win so many games, it's coming out on the field. But only because this team isn't performing well and we know that there's a discrepancy between what's happening on offense and defense, which has caused this problem. So it's not as big of a deal as it's being made out, especially if you have played this game. Yeah, I mean, that that's my take is, is again, like I said earlier, I, I think it's safe to say, um, you know, you can be competitive and frustrated at the same time, right? Like, like there's, there's, there's definitely frustration in the locker room. When you're three and eight, there's going to be frustration. Yeah. Uh, that's going to happen. But you're also – it's football. You're going to be competitive. You're going to get mad. You're going to, you know, be pissed off. I mean, I'm sure Purcell was mad at himself more than anybody in terms of, you know, getting that penalty on that on that play. And now that I think about it, I remember it was it happened on the kickoff, right? And that's when Virgil uh, fumbled the kickoff. So, um, you know, it's just – I don't know, Nick. It, it's 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 one of those things, again, it just kind of adds to the mess and, and – and like you said, I think we both agree it's not that big of a deal, but other people are going to make it a big deal. Uh, and I'm sure Hackett's going to get asked about it again, which I thought it was interesting. He was like, I didn't see see it happen and or, or whatever. And it's like, man, you were right there. You were right there. <laughs> you were right there. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how that happened. But uh, uh, Nick, I, I think we've covered this enough. Again, I, I thought it was competitiveness. Uh, I don't blame Mike Purcell. Again, that happens. Guys get guys get pissed off, right? I mean, it's it's a competitive game, uh, and and I thought Russell handled it the right way post game. I'm sure they spoke about it in the locker room. Uh, but Nick, we got We got to take a break, uh, and then I want to dive into uh, a little bit more about this game, the offensive struggles, obviously, and also Nathaniel Hackett's future, Nick. Because I know again, it seems like another week we're kind of wondering what does that look like. So let's take a break, and we'll dive into some of that stuff. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and Nick, 
we talked about the Russell Wilson Mike Purcell thing for 15 minutes, so I think we I think we can move on from that, even though I'm sure nobody else in the media will uh, <laughs> here in Timber. But uh, I, I think we do need to we, we need to talk about Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Nick, and, and the offense. Um, you know they've tried some different things. Clint Kubiak's calling plays now. It seems to be the same issues. Uh, honestly, they just look very inept. Um, you know, it, it seems like half the time they they they're not even running like real plays. I, I know they are, but like there's just certain times where it's like, what what, what was the design there? Like, what were they trying to do? Uh, and, and I think that it's safe to say, Nick, with the way the offense is playing, there's still no improvement. That I think Nathaniel Hackett's job is on the line. Um, and, and honestly, there was part of me yesterday after the game that I thought we might wake up to news um, that he might be gone this morning. Of course, we haven't, we haven't seen anything. I I, I now think, I, I, I think sometimes after games, Nick, you get caught in the moment and you're like, Oh, they, they've got to, they got to make a change. And then the next day you're like, Oh no, they don't, they do not need to make a change. It, it you know, let it play out a few more weeks, whatever. But uh, just what were, what are your thoughts on, on Hackett another, and just another, you know, disappointing offensive game. Well, it's definitely uh, disappointing, uh, the, the outcome. And it's once again, here's the same story being told in a different way or a different week. Uh, I'm not going to say it's all on, on, on Hackett. I know he's a guy out front, so that, that is kind of the, the appearance. But uh, when, you, when you look at the game itself, it, it's miscues and missed opportunities. Let's be totally honest about the situation. Now, Brian Burns, I mean, who, who is, in fact, magnificent edge rusher, and the Carolina Panthers were thinking about trading him at the trade deadline. I mean, he he, he pulled basically a Max Crosby on this uh, Broncos offense. Uh, and the two games that the Broncos have played, the Raiders, Crosby has wrecked this offense, and Burns did the same thing yesterday. They moved him around. They put him over Cam Flemings, and then they moved him or uh, put him over Calvin Anderson. Same results. And I'll say this. There were opportunities for the Broncos to move the ball down the field, and there was some positive plays. But in typical Broncos fashion, you know, there were some drive killers. There were there was penalties, fumbles. I mean, you go, you talk about the, the fumble by uh, Jalen Virgil, uh, unexpected, and the Broncos lost the turnover battle uh, yesterday against a, a team that I said in our preview uh, last week that even though the offense for the Carolina Panthers was uh, kind of like in, in flux and in chaos, that defense still has some quality players that can really put pressure on this Broncos de- offense. And we, we saw that. So that, that's kind of the frustrating part. And I'm sure Coach Hackett is frustrated uh, about it because every time he goes up there to the podium and he's asked a question, George, it's always, well, I have to look at the film to see what happened. I mean, he knows what's happening because he's watching it just like we are. But he wants to go back and just see if, there's something else that he missed that he didn't see uh, on the field that they could probably fix. But th- this team has a lot of holes. And Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, firing him now, what would that prove, George? It's not going to prove anything. If that was the case, they should have done it earlier in the season. So they just might as well allow this thing to just play out. Yeah, I mean, you know, in, in terms of the offense and just not, you know, playing well, I, I think part of it is, again, they don't have a whole lot of um, guys out there that have played a ton of, of football at times. Uh, when you think about, you know, offensive line, they've had so many injuries. You're starting Cam Fleming and Calvin Anderson at the tackles. That's not ideal, right? You've got Graham Glasgow at center, who's a nice player, but again, 
you, you know, he wasn't supposed to be playing center this year. Uh, you know, at receiver, Nick, um, and, and obviously I, you don't take anything away from these guys, but, uh, you know, four of your five active wide receivers are undrafted guys. Three of them are rookies. Uh, or I think four of them, no, three of them are undrafted. Four of them. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but a lot of guys that haven't played, right? Jalen right, Virgil, right. Uh, Brandon Johnson, who had a nice touchdown grab, his first of his career. Uh, you know, Kendall Hinton's turned into be a really good player. Um, you know, but, but again, you've just got a bunch of guys that haven't played a ton of football. You know, we haven't seen Cortland Sutton be the, you know, the type of player that you need him to be. So you've got a lot of issues that I think are beyond just Hackett. Uh, the problem for Hackett, though, Nick, and I, I, I agree with you. What's the point of firing him with six games left, right? Like you don't get any advantage by doing that uh, unless you want to see Evero and see if he can be the interim. And I don't even know if he'd be the interim, but if you want to see him, see if he can be the head coach, I don't know. Uh, but like, there's no point in firing him until there's two games left. Cause I believe the rule is uh, you get like a two week head start. I think, is that right? To start interviewing and, and start yeah. talking to candidates. I so think so that's when that's when if you want to do it in season, that's when you do it, right? You do it with two, you know, two or three games left, so you can start the process earlier if you're looking at that. Um, I also just I, I don't know, Nick. Like I don't know if firing him is the answer. Like I, I feel like everybody thinks that will help, but I real I honestly don't know. The problem for him, back to my previous point though, is when you look at the end of this season, they're on pace, Nick. To have the worst offense since 1966 in franchise history. And no matter if it's because of injuries or you can blame a lot of it on maybe Russell Wilson, if you want to, whatever you want to blame it on the head coach, you can't let that happen. I mean, we're talking about 60 some years ago, yeah. uh, you know, and so that, that, that's an issue that you can't really get past on that side. So it's going to be interesting to see how, George Payton handles this because he's the guy that hired him, right? So if he fires him, it's kind of an indictment on him. And then we have no idea what this ownership group's going to do, right? I mean, they, they they didn't hire Nathaniel Hackett. So how, are they going to be impulsive? Are they going to pull the trigger early? Uh, do they do they wait till the end of the season? Like, how do they handle this? I think is going to be really interesting. But uh, I also thought, Nick, I don't know if you watched his press conference, uh, but that's probably the most angry I've seen him, or I, I, maybe not angry, but frustrated Again, we use that word a lot. Uh, after a game that I've seen him, he was very stern in his press conference. We have some audio here, Nick, uh, talking about you know guys needing to make plays, uh, missed opportunities, uh, and it seems like it's the same answer every single week. But here's the audio from Nathaniel Hackett from Broncos.com. I mean, when you lose, you're always upset, and we have to be better. I think when you look at the turnover that was down uh, closer to the red zone there, uh, that was an opportunity. That was a big point swing. You know, I thought we did a good two-minute drive to get down there and um, have a chance to be able to get some points before half. Uh, but in the end, we all got to be better. It starts with me. Uh, we got to be better and uh, got to find a way to win some of these games. Nick, what was your reaction to? Did you have what was? Your, I guess what was your takeaway from anything that Hackett said after the game? Because part of me thinks he's really frustrated, and then part of me walked away thinking he has some sort of insurance that you know, he's going to be here at least one season. Like, I, I think that there's some sort of confidence level that he's not going to get fired soon. I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. What, what is giving you that indication, uh, the level of confidence that, that – Well, the fact that he gets – I think I think it's because the fact that he gets asked about it 
and he doesn't really seem concerned about his job status. And maybe that's just because that's just the way he is, right? Like Nathaniel Hackett is just a guy that doesn't seem to be bothered by that stuff. But the way he talks when asked about his job security, it's as if he knows I've still got time to figure this out. No, I don't look at it at it that way, George. It's, okay, you're a head coach. Mike Shanahan once told me head coaches are hired to be fired. And right now with the team struggling, I mean, he knows, Coach Hackett knows what's on the table. His father has gone through this situation. So, you know, with six games remaining and, and this being the completion of week 12 and being asked the same question, it's like, well, how many ways can you answer it, right? Do you really want to answer it? The writing may be on the wall, and if he may know himself, right, that he may not make it out of, of this season. So why constantly worry about something that you have no control over? If the die has already been cast, as though most people have already figured, so why go up there and constantly answer the same question, right, over and over? You start talking about uh, the team, right? What, what do you feel needs to be improved? And you're right. It was kind of like the first time we've seen – Coach Hackett expressed himself. I mean, he, he wasn't, you know, yelling at the podium, but he was visibly, you know, frustrated because he knew this was a game that they could win. And there were a mountain of mistakes that occurred. When you look at the Broncos, right? Uh, traditionally, they have over 100 yards and penalties. Believe it or not, this was one of their better games with concern to penalty four for 44 yards. But the thing about those penalties that they were untimely penalties that set the offense back or put the defense in a tough spot. That That's kind of the situation. So, I mean, right now, Coach Hackett is showing his frustration on his sleeves, not in a way that some other coaches have, but he's just kind of, you know, letting us know these are the issues. I'm tired of standing up here as answering these questions. I wish Justin Alton was up here answering these questions. Or Rosberg was uh, Rosenberg was answering these questions, but I'm the head coach, so all the blame sits with me. So I'm going to answer these questions. But I mean, what what are we expecting? What are the fans expecting at this point of the season that Hack is going to be asked a question that he's been asked like 22 times, and you're going to get a different answer? Nick, let me ask you this. When you look at the Broncos' issues, how much of the blame do you put on Nathaniel Hackett? Because obviously everything at the end of the day falls on the head coach, right? They're always they're always the one that is technically responsible. But how much of the of this season do you put on him? I say 60-40. 60-40. It sounds like an absurd number, but it's 60-40, and here's why. Because the coach's job all week long is to review the film put his players in the right position to succeed and then make adequate adjustments, whether that's from possession to possession or at the halftime, right? So that's where Hackett is somewhat failed with his 60%. Now the 40% is players. When you put in a position to make a play, you have to make a play. When you look at the drop balls, the misassignments, uh, execution issues, I can't really blame that on the head coach. I can't really do that because you get paid to go out there and perform your job. If you don't do a great job, I mean, that's on you as a player, but it still falls back on the head coach because he's the captain of the ship. And, and I, I've, I've been in these situations uh, far too many times where it's always on the coach. It's always on the player. 
it's a combination of both. It's just like when I look at the, the sport of NFL or any team sport, it is just that it is a team. The only singular sport I know is, is golf. It's you versus the course it's, it, itself, right? And that's not what's happening with the Broncos. So everyone shelters the blame, and that's why that word accountability uh, comes up. And Russell threw out another one, habit, right? Winning is a habit, and so is losing. And in my mind, some of those players in that locker room have accepted losing because it's just like the moment something goes wrong, the team is in a scoring position, there's a fumble, there's a sack. Now it's like, oh, here we go again. And the moment you say that, George, you have started down that road of accepting losing. Yeah, and that's where, you know, it's tough for me because I like Hackett. I think he's a good guy. Um I do think he said all the right things for the most part, right? Like he's not throwing anyone under the bus. Um, you know, he's he's pointing the finger at himself. Um, you know, he could easily point it at Russell Wilson if he really wanted to. I that would be a bad idea. Um, but you know, look, the guy's probably going to get fired, uh, and I, I I'm starting to think that. I, I thought maybe a few weeks ago that they'd give him a, a second chance, and and maybe it was better to you know keep him. Uh, and not start fresh, but I just think that there's just too much uh, that's gone wrong this season that they have to make a change or else people are going to be really upset if they don't. Um, you know, again, I think the frustration levels in the locker room are at an all-time high, and I don't think they're they're mad at Nathaniel Hackett necessarily, but there's just certain things, Nick, that I think have shown that maybe he wasn't ready for this yet, um, and that's where I'm at with him is like I, I just think that look, I think he, he knows what like he's doing in terms of like, he, he's not a, a, a stupid football coach, right? Like he's, he's been in the league for a while. His dad was in the league a long time. Like he, he understands the game, but I just think he maybe wasn't ready for this yet. And uh, I, I don't know, Nick, it, it's tough because I think you're right though, that, that there's sort of this, there needs to be a culture shift and the head coach can try and implement that all they want. I'm sure Vance Joseph and Vic Fangio, Tried to do it too, right? Tried to change the culture of the Denver Broncos and get them back to to their winning ways, right? Uh, and Nathaniel Hackett's probably tried his way of doing it. And maybe you can find the right guy to do that. But at the end of the day, it's also on the players to do that. Their yep. mentality has to change. They have to make game-winning plays. Uh, you know, we talk about this defense and how great they are. Maybe they need to come up with more big plays, right? Maybe they need to come up with, with more turnovers. Whatever it is, the offense – you know, Cortland Sutton needs to play like the $15 million receiver he's being paid to be, right? Russell Wilson needs to play like the quarter billion dollar quarterback that he's supposed to be. So uh, I think that at the end of the day, it's going to fall on Nathaniel Hackett and he's probably going to have to fall on the sword and, and and be the guy that that's the scapegoat after this season. But uh, I think that should also be a reality check for the players to be like, man, we've had three different head coaches in the last whatever, five, six years now. Uh, this guy just got fired in his first year. We also need to change. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm wrong about that, but that's kind of my take on it. No, but, you're, uh, you're not. You're not wrong. I mean, that's the way you should look at it. If your coach is being fired, you haven't. You have to deal with another position coach. What What did we not do? Obviously, you didn't handle your business, and this is why the transition is taking place. And that coach and that coaching staff they have to accept their responsibility as well. So if Coach Hackett is fired at some point 
in the season or after the season, I, I think about him, his family, and I think about some of the other coaches because not every coach on that staff is a bad coach and deserves to be fired. But that's just how the business of football actually works. And again, that goes back to the frustration level. I, I, I think everybody has the right to be frustrated because at the end of the day, jobs are on the line, right? Coaches' jobs are on the line. These players, they're playing for the next contract. Their jobs are on the line. So the frustration levels are, are, are valid. But Nick, we got to take a break. Uh, and then let's dive into some more stuff. Uh, specifically, I know you have some, some numbers to throw at me. Uh, and we, we can dive into those after this. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, and Nick, I'm gonna I'm gonna just hand it over to you because I know you've got some stuff to throw at me, some numbers that you want me to react to. So what you got for me? Well, when you know, we look at the Broncos and why they're having issues. Of course, it is, hey, it's Nathaniel Hackett. Then the other part of it is Russell Wilson. We've constantly heard how he is leaving yards on the field. There are wide receivers open. He's not seeing the entire field. And I say, well, all of that isn't true. If you have a remote control in your hand, you can pause the game at any moment and say, well, this wide receiver was open. This wide receiver was open. And watch any given quarterback on any given play, there's always going to be a guy open because it is based on play design and execution. So I just started to go back and look at some of the the stats that most people don't look at when they're looking at problems with an offense. So let's look at these numbers. So in the Carolina game, you know, Russell Wilson was uh, hit uh, 10 times and he was sacked three times for 17 yards. The Vegas game, hit 10 times, sacked three times for 21 yards. Tennessee game, hit 18 times, sacked six times for 38 yards. The Jacksonville game, hit eight times, and he was sacked 32 times. So that brings a four-game total to he was hit 46 times, and he was sacked 15 times. Now, I don't know what quarterback you know in this current NFL that would be able to be successful uh, with those types of numbers. There were a couple of plays in the game yesterday with the Panthers that Russell was under the rest and he still was able to push the ball down the field. It was one time he was rolling to the right side, got hit. Somehow he was able to throw the ball down the field. And I still don't know how Cortland Sutton came up with that catch. So when we look at this game and we start to evaluate why these, this team is having the issues that they're having, yes, makeshift offensive line. There's no continuity there. But once again, it really doesn't make a difference because you have to protect your quarterback. And there was a, that third down play where you had Eric Salbert on the same side as Kendall Hinton, and they couldn't convert the third down. Look, that was a good play call. It wasn't properly executed because the ball was batted down. And you have to figure if you are Cam Flemings and you know the ball is going to be a quick throw to that side, you have to do your best to make sure that de- that defender, who I believe – was uh, number 53, Brian Burns, who wrecked shop on that offensive line. You have to find a way to make sure that he's out of that play, even if that means that you have to cut him or whatever you have to do. So once again, it's all about these missed opportunities that continue to pile up. And oh, by the way, when the Broncos had moved the ball down the field, I think it was on the same drive where Latavius Murray uh, rushed for 52 yards. 
they, they was a, it was a handoff to the right-hand side. Greg Dosage was on the left-hand side. He allowed his defender to beat him inside and cut down Latavius Murray. That was a drive that the Broncos needed that could have put them in uh, a situation where they could have made a comeback. But once again, these are the issues that continue to come up with the Broncos when they're in scoring position. One player decides that, you know what, I'm going to have a brain fart and then that will allow someone to make a play. So I wanted to point out those numbers to you. And you tell me, after hearing those numbers, what, what, what jumps out to you? Hit 46 times in 15 sacks and four games. Well, it tells us that we're right, that I, I think you and I have talked about it, but the offensive line is the biggest issue, I think, on the entire team. Like, I, I just think that they, they haven't been able to protect Russell Wilson. They are not efficient in the run game. They had their biggest run of the season yesterday, Nick. Latavius Murray, a 52-yard gain. Um, previous to that, I believe the longest run by a running back this season was like 13 yards. Uh, so they, they, they don't create big plays in the run game. Uh, like I said, they don't protect Russell Wilson. It seems like he's got a second to make a decision, and then all of a sudden he's running for his life, and he's either throwing the ball down the field to make a play, throwing it out of bounds, or getting sacked. Uh, and Brian Burns is, is a great player, uh, but you know, for him to have that big of a game, you just it, it's, it's tough, man, because like, I'm sure they schemed some ways too to, to keep him from doing that, right? Like some different protection plans, uh, you know, and they still weren't able to, to keep him out of the backfield. And again, Cam Fleming, Calvin Anderson were never supposed to be the guys this year. Again, it goes back to the injuries they've had. Honestly, I think it's also an issue that they just, they haven't addressed the tackle spot, right? They haven't drafted a tackle since I believe Garrett Bowles, uh, you know, five years ago. So, that, those again, this offseason, I, I know there's still six games left, but you're starting to think about the offseason. They've got to to draft a tackle, man. Like they've got to start developing some guys at that position because you're playing two guys right now that are just not good enough at, at those spots and it's and it's killing them. And Russell's not a guy right now uh that is 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 honestly good enough to deal with that all the time. And and he's taking some some serious shots, Nick. Like I don't. I don't want to make excuses for the guy, but he's got to be a little banged up and maybe some, you know, injured. Obviously, we saw that earlier in the year. We haven't heard a bunch about it lately, but you'd have to imagine with the shots he's taken, he's he's pretty hurt. Uh, and and again, he's not playing his best football. He's not been as accurate as we've seen him. Uh, I do think that they can do some things to combat that. Maybe get him out of the pocket more. Right, do some play action type stuff that we still haven't seen a ton of. Um, but. At the end of the day, Nick, the offensive line, that's what that tells me is the offensive line is just not very good. Yeah, and I'm going to go quickly go back to that third down play that I that I mentioned. Uh, hindsight being 2020, you know, for me in those situations, third down and especially inside the red zone, what I've typically seen in, in, in the kind of play setup is that we saw in that third down is it's a sprint out play. And I thought that's what, you know, Clint was calling because that's kind of a staple of the Mike Shanahan offense is on the third and short, you have two guys outside wide, but they're still close to the core. You take that offset running back and block the edge, right? So maybe if they would have took Murray and used him as a, another blocker to help Cam Fleming seal uh, Brian Burns. Now we're talking about Kendall Hinton actually getting out 
to act to make the play because the ball was kind of like batted down. And now the Broncos convert that third down because once again, that play, believe it or not, it was open. It, it, it was definitely open because the inside defender that was trying to guard Kendall Hinton, he was out leveraged because Eric Sauber came in, sat down right in front of him, just kind of a natural pick, but the ball was just, uh, you know, batted down. So once again, th- these are the situations and the issues that this team constantly find themselves in with execution issues. And this is why when we look at the offensive numbers and say, well, the Broncos have not been well and have not scored rather inside the red zone. It's not for, for the sake of not trying and moving the ball down there. It's just like, once they get down there, there's a fumble, there's a penalty, there is something, someone missing their block. That's the thing that's really killing this team. And if there was a positive, if I am coach Hackett, I will lean on George is uh, just that. And here's something else I want to leave you with, with the stats I gave you in four games, 46 hits and 15 sacks. If Mike Purcell thinks that he's, he's frustrated. Imagine being Russell Wilson and being hit that many times. So take that in consideration. Yeah. I mean, Russell's got to be super frustrated. I mean, he's on pace to have, uh, you know, the worst season of his career statistically. Um, You know, I, he even said it after the game, you know, he threw his 300th career touchdown pass. That should be something that should be celebrated, right? He ties John Elway for most in franchise history, 13th most ever in, in NFL history. Uh, and it's just a, it's a side note, right? Because they lose. And he said, I'd rather be winning these games. And, you know, he, I mean, here's what I want to ask you, Nick, about Russell. Do you think he, how, how frustrated one do you think he really is? Cause he never really shows it, right? Like he's not one that's going to do what Mike Purcell did, right? Um, you know, he's going to take it on the chin. He's going to say, Hey, we can do better this, this, and this. How frustrated do you think he is? Uh, and, and do you think that this season, because I think this is probably a question a lot of Broncos fans have, do you think this season is just, a, you know, an aberration? Is, is this just a, an anomaly? Like he, you know, this is just one bad year. He He's going to get better the next year because uh, we've seen him be great in his career, right? He's a nine, nine-time Pro Bowler, has won a Super Bowl. He's been an MVP-type caliber player. Uh, or, or do you think this is something that uh, could be a problem moving forward with him? Because I know there's a lot of people out there saying this could be one of the worst trades you know, that, that Broncos could have ever done. They signed him to this long-term deal. It's a bad deal. Well, what do you think the future is for him? Even though that narrative is out there, I don't believe that. Because, I mean, you, you just said it. You're not a nine-time pro bowler. And, and I'm just going to say his career is not over yet. But uh, he's going to be a Hall of Famer based on what he's done in his career. And the, the fact that you, know, you beat Peyton Manning in, in the Super Bowl handily. I mean, you were part of that Seattle's offense. That says a lot about the player. And all you have to do is look at Russell Wilson's stats before he came to the Denver Broncos. I know everyone will go back to last season and say, well, his season wasn't that, that, that great. Once again, Seattle, they couldn't protect the quarterback and they couldn't run the ball because guys were injured. Sounds quite familiar to what's happening uh, this season. So for me, I don't think it's a matter of what's going on with Russell as a player and that he's lost a step and all of these things that we continue to hear. It is just the setup. The setup doesn't look well for Russell. I mean, he he thought he was stepping out of a negative situation into a positive situation, but seemingly he stepped right into the same situation. The only difference is when he was with the Seattle Seahawks, he had, I guess, better play callers. And more importantly, let's go back to the, the wide receivers. And you brought this up earlier that he has on his team. 
a lot of these guys are very inexperienced. And one thing that I continue to see here that I don't see that I've seen when he, when Russell was with Seattle, anytime there's a scramble drill and Russell breaks the pocket, the receivers run their routes and they run their routes and they stop. If the depth is at 15, they stop at 15 and stand there. No, you got to come back to the quarterback. You got, you have to free yourself up to make sure that you are giving him a target to throw the ball. These are all issues that we're seeing with the Broncos offense that we did not see with the Seattle Seahawks. So it, it's not an idea, George, of, oh, Russell has now somehow fallen on hard times. No, the hard times are part of what the Broncos are going through right now. And they need to change that from a personnel standpoint. Yeah, I mean, they need guys to come back too, right? Like Jerry Judy this week, I, I, think, K, I think KJ Hamler, both those guys are possibly going to be back. Uh, you know, that would obviously help them. I, I am concerned a little bit for Russell moving forward. But again, I think there's so many other factors. It's hard to really judge him on this season. And it goes back to Nick. You and I have had the conversation. I think people just like piling on the guy. And yeah. I don't know what it is about him that they want to do that. Uh, but, and, and again, it didn't seem like that was the case in Seattle when he was a Seahawk. Everybody loved the guy. Uh, there weren't a whole bunch of people talking, you know, poorly on him. And now all of a sudden, now that he's with the Broncos, he's just like this, uh, like nemesis. It's almost like Nick, this is, it's interesting. I was talking about somebody else about this. It's almost like he's like getting canceled and for no reason, like they're just like, people are just like, hate the guy. And it's not like he did anything bad. He's just like not playing great football right now. And again, it's so hard, Nick. And I think that's what makes this job so hard recently is everybody wants to know who's to blame. You know, people want to blame the coach. People want to blame the quarterback. People want to blame the offensive line, the receivers, whoever, right? They want to blame George Payton. They want to blame the new ownership. It's everyone's fault at the end of the day. Like, it's hard to sit here and be like, it's it's Russell Wilson. He's the issue, right? He's part of the issue, sure. The offensive line, they're part of the issue too. Nathaniel Hackett, yeah, he's part of the issue too. I, I don't know who's who's the most to blame. I have no idea. I think it's so hard to tell. That's why it's it's hard to come up with two saying, well, what's the answer, right? Uh, it goes back to the Nathaniel Hackett conversation. Yeah, fire him, sure. I don't know if that's the answer. Russell Wilson could still be bad next year if they hire – you know, uh, the greatest coach of all time, right? Vic Lombardi comes, you know, what? or not Vic Lombardi. Uh, Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi. I'm thinking, of Vic, I'm thinking of our good friend Vic Lombardi at altitude. But uh, Vince Lombardi comes out of his grave, right? And he coaches the team. That doesn't mean it's going to fix anything, right? So I think that uh, that's the, that's where I'm at with this, Nick, is, is everyone's searching for answers. No one knows what the exact issue is other than they cannot score points, right? Uh, and everybody's pointing in different directions. So I don't know, Nick. It, it's 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 honestly frustrating for, obviously, the players. We talked about that. Frustrated for the coaches. And it's frustrated for us, right? I'm sure the fans are probably the most frustrated. But you and I, Nick, part of the media, other media members I know that have covered this team for a long time, longer than I have ever covered the team, they're frustrated. They don't know what to say. Everybody's at this 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 breaking point of, you know, they're kind of just a loss loss for words. So, um, six games left. Just get to the end of the season. Uh, I hope guys can come back. You know, play good football. Maybe they can show some improvement, Nick. But it's going to be tough. You've got 
the Ravens this week on the road. You turn around, you play the Chiefs, who are maybe playing the best football in the in in the country right now. Um, then you you've got who who do they have after that? The Cardinals. You still got the Rams on the schedule. Rams, yeah, the Rams aren't playing any good. Maybe you can beat them. Uh, the Chargers, who are just kind of a scrappy team right now, and then you get the Chiefs again, and and later in the season. So I I don't know, Nick. It's going to be tough the rest of the way. But uh, I think at this point, all you want to see is you know score some points, show some improvement. Um, and play hard, right? You don't want you don't want to see guys give up. That's the last thing you want to see is guys giving up, which I don't think this team has yet. Uh, but but that's that's kind of my outlook for the rest of the year. Well, George, I told you earlier that it's it's about our peeps, right? And our peeps meaning it's penalties, execution, pressure, and scheme. When you're trying to figure out what's going on with this team, that's what's going on with this team and as long as it continues to persist this team is not going to be better than what they are right now you can blame Hackett you can blame Russell but it comes down also to a personnel another P personnel issue uh with this team right now they don't really have the guys to really compete and the guys that have that uh can do attitude so I'll just leave it like that yep I think you're right, Nick. There, there needs to be, like I said it last week, uh, I said it again this week, there needs to be a culture shift. Um, and that's that's the coaches, that's the players, that's everybody uh, in the organization. So we'll see if they can, uh, you know, start shifting that now or if maybe it's maybe it takes another season, right? Maybe you got to start fresh again after this year. But, uh, again, going to be interesting these last six games. Um, I honestly, I just want to I just want to watch a fun game, Nick. I feel like we haven't even had a, like a fun game to watch this year in terms of scoring or whatever it is. Um, but uh, again, going to be interesting last six games. We got to get out of here. Thanks to everybody for, uh, you know, liking, subscribe, share the podcast, all that good stuff. And we will see you guys again later this week uh, to talk about the Broncos and Ravens. <laughs>